Blog Talk Radio. I believe that everyone who is present here today came with real and special purpose. And I believe that as an answer to this, that in this session, some very outstanding benefits are going to be received by every one of you. I believe that you should go forth into life with an attitude of enthusiasm, as we tell you again and again, that life meets you just like you meet life. Challenges of life require work. Success requires mental and physical action. If you want to improve yourself, you've got to do something. And you've got to stop thinking that the president ought to do it for you, or the governor ought to do it for you, or society ought to do it for you. Because you see, in the final analysis, no one can do my doing for me. I can give you these techniques, like the one we're on now, telling you when you wake up in the morning, ask yourself the question, how am I going to meet life today? And reminding yourself, today life is going to meet me just like I meet life. And see, there is absolute science. Again, it's not blind faith. It's not dumb luck. But today, life is going to meet me just like I meet life. And today, if I meet someone that doesn't like me, it's because somewhere in my consciousness, I don't like myself. Now, some of these little pills may be a little bitter to swallow. Because you see here also in this philosophy, there are no scapegoats. There's no devil to blame here. In this philosophy, you are your own devil. You are your own God. Only you can choose the path that you must try. And nothing can save you from evil or sin until you discover the presence of God within. And as Reverend Ike has said in that immortal lecture, <laughs> I meet no one but me. In other people, I only meet myself. You can never meet anyone but yourself. The attitudes and moods that you encounter in other people are reflections of some attitudes and moods within your own subconscious mind. Today, life meets me just like I meet life. Let's shout it. Today, life meets me just like I meet life. And when you realize that, you can ask yourself the next question. After you remind yourself that today life meets me just like I meet life, then ask yourself the next question. In what attitude do I go forth to meet life today? In what attitude do I go forth to meet life today? Say that with me verbally. In what attitude do I go forth to meet life today. I like to play with words and to say these ideas from many different similar ways to impress your subconscious mind, change words around a bit. In what frame of mind am I meeting life today? Please repeat that with me. In what frame of mind am I meeting life today? And you can be absolutely certain, again, this is science, you can be absolutely certain that life is going to meet you exactly according to your attitude, according to your frame of mind. And then when you realize that, then you begin to work on your state of mind. You begin to work on your attitudes. This is why I'm always using the old cliche here, health, happiness, love, success, prosperity, and money. You can change it to an affirmation. 
Today I go forth into life with a healthy attitude. Together, today I go forth into life with a healthy attitude. The thought of health in your mind will displace all of the suggestions in the world mind about sickness. Today I go forth into life with a healthy attitude. And you see, you send your word forth and you're going to meet it because you're always meeting the word that has gone forth out of your consciousness in the experiences of your life. You're always meeting the vibrations which you've sent forth. If you send out healthy vibrations, you're going to meet health. When the so-called epidemics go around, they'll go around you. Why? Because today I go forth into life with a healthy attitude. Say that with me. Today I go forth into life with a healthy attitude. And yes, this is a miracle-working idea. It will work a miracle of health for you. And not only that, when you go forth into life with a healthy attitude, do you realize that your attitudes are always impinging upon the experiences of other people? A healthy attitude is also a healing power. My healthy attitude is a healing power. Together, my healthy attitude is a healing power. This is why these people who have developed a healing consciousness or a health consciousness help and bless so many people. But you see, on your job, if you go forth into life and onto your job or into school or wherever you're going with the right attitude, with the right ideas, without even opening your mouth, you will help people. Some of you right now, you can think of some people. When you see them, you feel better. And you can think of some other people, perhaps in the past, that isn't true now, because you've changed your phone number and your address and you won't tell them where you are. You can think of some people that, you know, you used to see, and it was just depressing just to see them. And I don't care if they are your relatives. If there are people who are just negative and they insist on being negative, Change your phone number. And when you change your address, don't send them a new address. Get your post office box. Send them a Christmas card once a year. From the post office box. <laughs> but anyway. Today I go forth into life with a happy attitude. Shout it. Today I go forth into life with a happy attitude. You remember that verse of Scripture, my word that goes forth out of my mouth shall not return unto me void, but it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I send it, and it shall accomplish that which I please. So what you say about yourself, what, you believe, what I believe and say about myself is the word of God to my experience. Come on. What I believe and say about myself is the word of God to my experience. See, the Word of God is not something on paper with black ink and gold edges and a black leather cover. I'm sorry to tell you good religious people that. I see some of you are in a state of shock. The Word of God is what I believe and say about myself. So in the morning, when I say today, I go forth into life with a healthy attitude. I go forth into life with a happy attitude. This word of health 
This word of happiness becomes the word of God to my experience and governs my experience. The word of God is not something written centuries ago by sages and prophets. The word of God is what you believe and speak about yourself every moment. You see, if you believe the right thing about yourself, you believe the right thing about me. <laughs> if you love yourself correctly, then you can love others correctly. But this is where the sociologists go off, you know. They try to apply a general sociological panacea to solve all of the social problems. But the first unit of society is the individual. And in order to heal society, first of all, the individual must be healed. The individual must first come to peace with himself. That's why I love so much that beautiful song, Let There Be Peace on Earth, and let it begin with me. But you see, the sociologists are so busy telling what's wrong with everybody else. People are experts on what's wrong with the next person. So people know what other people ought to do and what they ought not to do, but don't know what the hell they should do themselves. And the different ethnic groups and social groups and so on, you know, we know exactly what other people ought to do. But we've got to get back to the individual. And you see, this individual who begins his day by coming to peace with himself and speaking the word of good for himself, today I go forth into life with a healthy attitude, with a happy attitude. He contributes to the uplifting of society. And only such an individual experience of inner peace can redeem society. You see, the world as a whole is not going to be saved. The world is never going to be saved. A lot of good people have tried to save the world. See, that's why I gave up the world. I quit trying to save it. Because the world has one consistent treatment for its would-be saviors, and that's crucify him. And I ain't aching for a shaking. And you who think that it's your job to save the world, get your cross ready. <laughs> but you see, that's another thing. You see, even after the world crucifies you for trying to save it, it's not going to be saved. I love Jesus more than I ever loved him because I understand him better than I've ever understood him. And he wanted so badly to save the world. He worked a lot of miracles, healed the sick, raised the dead, turned water to wine. Wished I was there to get some of it. <laughs> But the world just wouldn't be saved. And the world is never going to be saved. Only the individual can be saved, and the individual must save himself by discovering his own indwelling God power. And it would do good if the sociologists learned this. Only the individual can be saved. You're not going to save society. You're not going to save the world. And we've had centuries of salvationist. Now, God knows if all of this hellfire and brimstone preaching would save the world, the world would be saved. People standing on corners. The, the airwaves are rife with evangelists, one after the other, snorting fire and damnation. But as I've said many times before, preaching even about sin against sin increases sin rather than decreases it. I never learned about sin except in church and in Sunday school. 
And, you know, some of the things that they taught me that were sin, I decided to try, and some of them weren't so bad. Like, for example, they told me it was a sin to, to play ball on Sunday. Now, I've been preaching since I was 14, you know, and after I had preached revival meetings all week and taught Sunday school until, you know, in the morning and, and so on and so forth, I'd take the kids out of the church and we'd go out in the woods and play ball. I enjoyed that sin. And I was glad to discover that the Almighty wasn't mad with me. It was only man's misguided ideas. You see, each man makes God after his own image and likeness. Mean people have a mean God. As someone has said, God made man in his own image and likeness, and man, being a gentleman, returned the favor. And yes, each man makes his own God. Because every man's God thinks just like that man thinks. Stop and think about it. Like I told you about the hellfire and brimstone preacher that became so famous maybe a hundred or so years ago, Jonathan Edwards. He was famous for preaching about hell. That was his area of expertise, hell. He'd preach about hell until people got saved. And as soon as the scare wore off, they'd... <laughs> they would lose their religion. And you have to be careful, you know, in the area of religion that you're not serving somebody else's misguided concept of God. Be careful that you're not serving somebody else's ignorant concept of God. And you see, that's really what organized religion is. It's a jumbo mumbo of the theologians' upside-down ideas about God. And they don't agree, as you know. Why should I serve Calvin's God? And I'll be damned if I'm going to serve Jonathan Edwards' angry God. See, Jonathan Edwards had an angry God. He was the hell preacher. And his famous sermon was, Sinners in the hands of an angry God. He can have that angry God. That's his God. I told you everybody makes his own God. I'm not going to let his God touch me with his angry hands. Make, make, make a, make a clap to this. Peace to the God. You're listening to Hindsight Radio. Make, make, make a, make a clap to this. Thank you, DJs. Make a clap to this. Make, make a clap, make a clap to this. Make a, make a clap to this. Make, make, make a, make a clap to this. I never let the mic magnetize me no more But it's biting me, biting me, inviting me to rhyme I can't hold it back, I'm looking for the line Taking off my coat, clearing my throat The rhyme will be kicking in till I hit my last note My mind remains to find all kind of ideas Self-esteem makes it seem like a thought took years to build But still say a rhyme after the next one Prepared, never scared, I'll just bless one And you know that I'm the solo win So Eric B, make him clap to this Make, make, make him, make him clap to this Make, make, make a, make a clap to this. Make a, make a, make a clap, make a clap, make a clap to this. Make a clap to this. Make, make, make a, make a clap to this. 
motto, bug out of chill or be acting ill. No tricks in 86, it's time to build. Eric be easy on the cut, no mistakes allowed. Cause to me, MC means move the crowd. I made it easy to dance with this. But can you detect what's coming next from the flex of the rim? Say indeed, then I'll proceed. Cause my man made a mix. If you bleed, he won't be no band-aid to fix. You think of this, so I'm on too. There's no rhymes left. I hurry up because the cut will make a plea to death. But he's kicking it. Cause it ain't no half-stepping. The party is live. The rhyme can't be kept inside of me. Eruption just like a volcano. It ain't the everyday style of the same old rhyme. Cause I'm better than the rest of them. Every B is on the cut. And my name is Rock Kim. Radio. 
All right, peace, everybody. You're listening to the Truth Tuesday Show with your host, Ikeem L, here on Hindsight Radio, the information station changing the nation. I hope everybody's doing well tonight. Um, me, myself, everything's all good. Can't complain. And if it was something to complain about, I wouldn't complain about it anyway. Um, just want to announce that the uh, How to Purchase a Firearms webinar is available at jtmuse.com. That is uh, Jessica and Paige's webinar, their very first webinar here on Hindsight Radio. I sent the email out yesterday. Uh, quite a few people took advantage of that uh, video. Thank you for that, so showing your support. I just put a link to their website there where you can go purchase that. That will not be on my website, so that's going to only be on their site. So if you want that, that's going to show you how to fill out that application as a national or American national, but not a citizen of the United States. So go to jtmuse.com, jtmuse.com. It is there. It's only 30 bucks. very reasonable. It's a quick tutorial on how to do that. Uh, they are teaching you. They follow. They are following my example. I only teach you stuff that I actually do. You know, if I'm, you know, uh, so they went down to purchase a firearm, firearm right at the height of the pandemic where they were locking things down. They went and purchased them a firearm, and they experienced some difficulty in the beginning, but they worked through it. And they're going to show you how to do it so you don't run into the same mistakes. Now, to clear things up a little, this video is not for people who, you know, you can't get a firearm because you have a felony. That takes a, a court order. You have to go to court and sue them to get your rights back. That is, uh, I'm not going to say it's in the works, but it's going to come. I got so many things ahead of that. Um, until someone comes to me and say, I can't, I want you to help me, coach me through that process, and then I will, you know, fit them in and do that. Right now, I don't have anybody who's willing to do that, pay me for my time to help them do that. So it's not something I'm just going to do up a thing and do it because I actually need someone who wants to be coached through that process. But it can be done. you got to sue them. You have to do a constitution challenge these statutes that take your rights away. The constitution doesn't say, you know, you can't bear arms if you commit, you have a felony on your record. And a lot of these felonies are victimless crimes, and it's ex post facto law. They can't do it. But so, you don't want that, hit me up, and I will get to working on it. But right now, I don't have any people who really is that serious. And until that happens, that's probably not going to be something I'm going to do just to do it. Uh, got so much going on with the recruitment process I'm showing y'all the, to the premium members. Um, with that, just trying to keep up. It's a lot of work, and we're not even halfway done. So um, there that go. go. Once again, go to jtnews.com and get that video. Um the clip, I played it last week and I played it again this week because it, it, 
I play these things again so it can program your mind to realize that the situation you are dealing with is a mirror of what's inside of you. So if you're having issues, you have to look within. If you have, if things are going good, look within. You know, it's all it's all you. You're the you're you're the orchestrator of this play that you're playing in. And um, and you have to deliberately say, you know, I go forth into life with a happy attitude, a loving attitude, a money making attitude. You have to say all of these things consistently. You cannot get distracted. People are distracted by silly issues. Who's the better spiritualist than the other? Don't talk to my people. Or you don't want me talking to your people. Or that kind of stuff. They're distracted. And I understand why they're distracted because there's so many, this pandemic and the mask, you know. So people get caught up looking at that and they forget the power that they have within them and they get caught up in these little spats. And that's what they are. They're small spats. And then guess what? They try, to, they try to recruit people to be a part of it. And they don't even know that's what they're doing. They're recruiting people to agree. Listen, the only thing I want to agree with people on is how much money we're going to make and how fast and how we're going to do it. Let's get on that. Let's stay with that. You know, when it comes to spiritual things, how are we going to keep our minds positive? How are we going to keep our, our, our funds going? When hard times hit, you know, hard, you know, things are gonna um um. Hang on, my daughter is sending me something. Let me approve this for her. Give me a second, y'all. This is the first time my daughter's been away from me since all of this happened. She's gonna spend a few days with her mother um until the weekend. She sent me something to approve. Um. Sorry. Uh, what was I saying? Um, you know, we got to keep focused on positivity. I'm not sure that's where I left off, but that's pretty much what I'm saying. And people will try to drag you into these little things, and you got to be careful. You know, first thing you got to, you know, you got to know where it's coming from. It, it comes from people, and it usually comes from people you highly respect. Man, yeah, it just shows you that even your leaders can get caught up in the problems. And they have to be put in check. You know, nobody is immune. And you got to be careful not to get caught up. Right now it's a mask issue. If you need the order of the mask, it tells you clearly it's not really mandatory. But they know what they're doing. They're getting everybody to fight amongst each other. But that's what's happening. The government just sit back, putting, pushing little pieces, and everybody's jumping around, fighting each other over these little issues. When possibly we might have a food shortage problem come the end of the summer. You know, start preparing right now, stocking. Never know what's going to happen. You got plenty of time to get, you know, I'm not saying plenty. You got time, you know. I did an interview with Dr. Daniels again yesterday morning, and I'm going to play it tonight, so naturally this is going to be a pretty short show. The calls look pretty light today, so it's probably a perfect time to do that. 
don't know what's going on. Uh, uh, let me see, I have a little more calls. Maybe they're just waiting. <clears throat> but, yeah, it's, it's, it's right on time. Everything happens for a reason. I don't mind. Um, what else? Uh, y'all need to get the name change webinar. The courts are going to start opening up where you can start pushing that through um, July and August. You know, I know they're trying to ramp it up with all of these cases, but let's, let's stay focused. Get y'all name changed on the book because I think, by, you know, this is going to be our last little push before we have a total shutdown where we can get stuff done. So let's let's get 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 our status in the courts. Keep your mind on your pot. Your, keep it positive. So while everybody is out there struggling, maybe starving, having money issues, you won't. I promise you, if you keep yourself focused, you will be immune from these problems that may hit these people. See, these, all of these people that are going to have problems is because they're thinking of problems. They're, wor- you know, they're waiting for the worst, and they, they, they don't know a way out. You, you don't have to be a part of that. The world economy is not your economy. Your economy starts in your consciousness. That's where it starts. Okay. So stay focused. Don't lose sight of the prize. Some of y'all are starting businesses. Good for you. Keep it going. Keep it moving. Don't let anybody discourage you. Whatever it is you're going to start, don't let anybody tell that's not going to work. If you had the idea, that's your mission, not theirs. And stop talking to the people, telling them what you're going to do. Because most of the time when we tell them people what we're going to do, we want them to agree with what we're saying. And a lot of times they're not. But sometimes they're on a secret hate mission. You know? A lot of times that's what they're on, a secret hate mission. So don't tell people your business. So say to yourself every morning what you want to happen. I go forth into life this day with what? With a money-making attitude, with a, with a, with a peaceful attitude. You know, and guess what? Your world will change on that. I see one person got their hand. I'm going to take this one call, and I'm going to play this Dr. Daniels interview. It's a very good interview. One of the best, I think, we talked, she talked about STD. She talked about her relationship with her husband, who is now passed. A very good um, video. So what I'm going to do is take a couple of calls, and then I'm going to play that video. Hang on. Seven eight six five nine seven. Hey, peace to the guys. I came. This Jamie. How you doing today, hey, sir? Hey, peace. What's going on? I'm doing good. Uh, I'm doing. I'm doing good too, as well. A uh, quick question for those who, uh, of us that's doing the name change process. When we get ready to file, can we have to go to the court and file it, or we have to e-file it, or can we e-file it? You got to follow the instructions on what they say you have to do. That's that's a question for the court. Oh, okay. Yeah, All right, you got to so ask them how they want it done. Most of the time, is you can do it either way, e-file, mail it in. Some people e-file it. I know people who e-file it, but some people mail it in. It's all whatever they want. Okay. Yeah. All right. I have something strange right. happen to me. All right. Okay. All right, one, one thing, uh, when I called the, uh, the, the Florida Department of Correction and saying uh, the results of background check, they gave me a number to the court, but they gave me the number to the probate court rather than the personal court. I don't know if that's, um, you Some know. Some changes are done in the probate court. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah but it, changes is done in the probate court. I don't know. You know, you. That's hard for me to answer why they did that. Yeah, because in my state, uh, it has to go to family court, not 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 probate court. So they probably just gave me the wrong number. Well, you probably did. You're dealing with government yeah. officials that don't care about nobody. They get paid, you know. Yeah, I figured that. Whether you get what you want or not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. One last question. All right. Uh, uh, when we, I was thinking about paying uh, the filing fee, but you can do like a 1099 for that, or just go with the constitutional. Um, um, I don't know. You probably could get the EIN and do a 1099 for it. But most EINs to do, to do, it got to be over a certain amount to do a 1099. I think it's like five to six hundred dollars. Oh, I think it's six hundred. Yeah. So okay. you have a you got a limit on 1099. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. All right. All right. Yeah. Peace. Bye. All right. Uh, one more question, and we're gonna play this, Doctor Daniels. Oh, uh, seven one five five zero one. Hey, peace, Akeem. How you doing? Hey, what's going on, my friends? How you doing? Did you get your book? No, I didn't get it yet. I'm waiting though. Oh, okay. That thing has got to be yeah. heavy as hell. <laughs> yeah, it's heavy. It's a big. It's a big thing. It's a big one. About eighteen wait. inches tall. Yeah, almost two feet tall. Yeah. Oh, damn. Oh, that's going to be like a family Bible. Yeah, yeah. well, it don't have the family Bible pages in it. What it is is when I ordered it, the reason why it took so long is they make the book for you. Oh, they do? That's why it takes long. They make it, yeah. Oh, nice. And they pack it up and ship it, yeah. Oh, man, I can't wait. No, I mean, like something like I could pass down from generation to generation, you know. Oh, yeah, you can pass that down, but it's easy, but, you know. Yeah, it's, That's it's cool. a big book. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. I haven't received it yet, but I'll, I'll, I can't wait. For sure. Thank you again. Yeah. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Um, I, I have two questions about the POA. Um, uh-huh. In my state, in my state, they got a power of attorney for health and power of attorney for financial. Now, do I file it in both of them financial. or the financial? Financial, okay. Financial. And then, yeah. And then for the the witnesses, um, I had my son um, as a witness. You but can then use the UPS store people. Oh. When you go to get it notarized, they'll witness. They'll bring somebody to be a witness for you, right there. Okay. But you can't have like yeah. like a, a relative yes, or anything as a witness. You, you can. A relative can be a witness. Yeah. Yeah. I read something in my and. And 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 the power of no, attorney. No, relatives can't notarize your stuff like your wife can't notarize your stuff. Okay. But a witness okay. can be anybody that's over eighteen. Oh yeah, they're over eighteen. Okay, well, now I got that done. They're, they're not checking who the witness is. You're not showing right. ID to be a witness. You're just signing it. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Now, I got that done. Like all the people that witnessed my document, I didn't know who they were. They signed mm. it. They didn't. They didn't put a date of birth. They just put their name in the date right, that they right. signed it. That's it. Right. Okay. They didn't okay. even have to yeah, put their name. They just signed it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got that done. So I already had it yeah, done. But so I was a, just what the notary does is wit- that. Here's the thing: when you use a witness, that witness got to be in front of the notary when you date something. Yeah. 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 I got the hookup for that. 
I got the hookup yeah, yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, that's it then. Cool. Well, okay. uh, yeah, I'll move right, that cool. out, and I'm ready to go. I got the. I finally finalized. I talked to Al today. I finalized the uh, trust, so I got them all, all three done. So that's yeah. He told me today. To he talked about you today, actually. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cool. Yeah. He, yeah, yeah. 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 That's I'm ready to go. Listen, so, I know all. I know all things mm-hmm. that's going on. Uh, you know, man. I don't, I, I, <laughs> yeah. So I know who <laughs> yeah, you are talking to, and who not. Oh no. Um, I trust I did, you. I. I I got to call Al. I forgot to tell him something about my team today. We was on the phone and I completely let it go. Mm. Um, well, uh, yeah, I wasn't sure if he was the one that you talked to for the POA or not. I just asked him a question. He's like, no, I'll talk to Akeem on that. No, nah, he don't know like, about okay. that. Uh, okay, okay. He's just a trust guy. Actually, he's a lot of stuff. Oh. He does a lot of stuff, and we we team we teaming up on some other projects outside oh, cool. of this. Um, nice. Yeah, nice. he he does a lot of things that I didn't know he did. Oh. But uh, yeah, I I got one more question, and it's yeah. about like um my four hundred one k. Now mm-hmm. I know like they're saying that the stock market is going to go down even more, and like everyone's four hundred one k is going to get wiped out. What, well, you what can you it, do to combat it, that? You, no, you change it to a fund that no matter what the market do, you'll keep at least what you put in it. Yeah, they're all mutual funds. See, they have what you got, low risk yeah. funds, moderate, and high risk. You change yeah. it to where, to a fund that, right now, that's what I would do. Change it to a fund that um, you would... Um, Low risk. That, yeah. Right now, mine is high what risk. What happens is you, you will keep, yeah, you need to change that. Because then you can okay. lose everything. Change it to a to the, to the risk factor where you will keep everything you put in it. You understand? Is there a way, is there a way to just, like, if you were to take it out, can, is there a way to, like, not pay the taxes on that? Because I know they, when you take it out, they take it out. They're right going to 1099 at the end of the year. They're going to 1099 at the end of the year. There's no way. They're gonna, they, you, you can take it out tax-free, but at the end of the year, they're going to say what they gave you and send that to the IRS, and the IRS is going to be looking for the taxes on that. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm just worried about that. I don't want my, my, <laughs> all my funds to get wiped. So now, I did something with my 401k. I cashed it all out when I left Time Warner. But I won't talk about it on here. You'd have to do it in okay. private. Okay, I'll give you. I'll right. call you for a consultation yeah. on that then. Yeah. Well, all right, I, cool, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. All right, peace. All right, thank you, man. Appreciate you. All right, you're welcome. All right, one more. 786-597, what's up? Hey, 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 I came. This is Jamie again. Um, uh, that that person was wrong. That was oh, Marco, right? Man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, what? Actually, give give my give my number, because uh, I have some uh, experience about what what he can and can can do. But that's gonna uh, I have to talk to him uh, private about that as far as um, on the four one k. I know exactly yeah. what he can and can't do because I've done it. So I don't I don't tell people what to do like about that on the here. Oh, okay, so okay. It's a very simple solution to that. All right, peace. 
All right, I'm going to tell you this. Um, this Dr. Daniels is very good. Um, I think it's one of the best. She talks about, we talk about a variety of things. And at the end, she talks about relationships, which I think she had some very good points. All right, here it is. Radio. I represent All right, Dr. Jennifer Daniels, once again, uh, glad to have you. Uh, Thank you. Uh, your, your, your vast knowledge and education <laughs> and your beauty. Yeah, so you just made that clear. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, wait. I guess um, introduce yourself as always, what you do, where they can find you, where they can buy your products. Uh, uh, my name is uh, Dr. Jennifer Daniels. I was born in the United States, attended medical school in the United States, graduated uh, with honors, and uh, was board certified family practice, practiced medicine for 10 years in the wonderful inner city ghetto of Syracuse, New York. And I am now in Panama and working online and I have a product vitality capsules regular and extra strength which helps people lose their shit and um literally yes literally (laughs) and what I found when I was practicing medicine was that everything I've been taught in medical school is simply not true and that really the key to being healthy was removing the waste from the body adding nutritious food getting plenty of clean air and plenty of clean food and water. And that's it. And I can personally attest to that. When I eat junk, I feel it. <laughs> I really do. I went off the bandwagon and ate a little ice cream last week, and my sinuses went haywire to the point where my ears got stuffed up, and it's just now clearing up. Uh, I guess when you eat good for a while and then you go off the bandwagon, your body really feels it. Oh. That, but also, um, what people don't understand is the ice cream you're eating today is not the same ice cream you ate 40 years ago. They have additives in it now that when it defrosts and refreezes, you don't get those uh, water crystals or ice crystals on it. They right. have all kinds of different chemicals they now add to ice cream. So I found I had the same experience that you had. But when I switched my ice cream up the ante to some, you know, the more expensive without the additives, I didn't have the reaction. Okay, so look at the ingredients before you buy it. If it's no, not- they don't even have it on the box. They don't even have these ingredients on the box. Okay. So the brand I um, have been eating is Haagen Dazs. Even so, oh. I only eat it three or four times a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't go crazy. You know that is, that's one of my brands. You have five dollars for a little pint, but I when I ate that, I didn't have much problems. But I, I it was. Yeah, but take the pint and uh, share it as well. Don't just eat that pint okay, yourself. Because okay. <laughs> I would do that. I'm, I know. I'm my weaknesses, pizza and ice cream. Those are my two spices. Right. And pizza, again, make your own pizza at home. It tastes so much better. It's extremely satisfying. And you don't, nearly, you don't eat nearly as much. So I'll eat. If I uh, go out for pizza, which I haven't in about three years, I could easily eat a whole pizza. Yeah, that's that's. But at home, when I make my own homemade pizza with my um, 
Kalamata olives, my anchovies, uh, onions, and red peppers. I don't put cheese on my pizza, by the way. So, and my tomato sauce, it tastes wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I can eat two or three pieces, and I feel really satisfied. So, also, you, you can tell a difference by how you feel after you eat it as well. Right. Yeah. yeah. Once you get from the pizza shop, you feel heavy. Feel good going down, but it doesn't feel good after you. Uh, yeah, now I also make my own bread. So I make my own bread, my own pizza dough. Um, I do not buy, I call it public bread anymore. Right. <laughs> it's like public <laughs> toilets, you know. <laughs> so, you know like, ah, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> so you make your own pizza. What was those ingredients again? Uh, well, you put whatever toppings you like on your pizza. But I like uh, onions, red pepper, anchovies, and uh, Kalamata olives. That's what I like. So if somebody wanted cheese, what would you substitute the cheese for? Those things, because those things have a, enough high salt content that you don't even notice the cheese is missing. Oh, okay. I got you. Oh. Yeah, the saltiness and the flavor. Um, so the Kalamata olives gives you kind of the fermenty flavor that you're missing in the cheese. And then the anchovies give you a little more, a little more salt. And in fact, I don't even put um, salt in my spaghetti in my um, pizza sauce. Right. I just, um, puree and simmer my own tomatoes, and when I'm making when I want pizza sauce, I'll just take that mix, add um, some oregano to it, and bam, pizza sauce. So because my toppings are so flavorful, I don't have to put a lot of flavoring in my sauce. Oh, okay. I, I, that makes sense. And bread. What do you make your bread out of? Oh, there's a story. So I was working with sourdough bread, which is what else you're going to do with this uh, extended period of being at home. And so sourdough bread, for those of you who don't know, takes at least three days to make because you rise it using um, natural, naturally occurring yeast, which are not as powerful as the commercial yeast. Mm-hmm. So my sourdough bread had failed. Uh, clearly it had failed. And so I just took the, took the dough and, and flattened it and made pizza dough <laughs> <laughs> okay all right so um were you just using regular flour is there a certain type just of flour? flour and water just regular flour and water um now i get organic unbleached white flour which means i don't have the bro- bromine the dough texturizers the bleach and other additives and chemicals in it that even organic white flour often has in it mm-hmm. so if you get organic unbleached then you miss all the mind control chemicals and other stuff Right. Okay. Now, health issues, you know, we had enough conversations about COVID-19, but what can people do like oh, that? Wait. Oh, wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. We have not finished with COVID-19. COVID-19. <laughs> oh, my God. It has gotten scarier and scarier and yeah, scarier. Yeah, it's getting ridiculous. I'm almost like... No. I mean, the truth this? has gotten scarier. The truth has gotten scarier. Right. So if you go look at the um, CDC website, they list every week, you know, how many deaths from all causes, how many um, deaths were uh, expected mm-hmm. that week, and how many were from COVID. COVID accounts for fewer than a third of the excess deaths when you look at it on a week-by-week-by-week by week by week basis. So what's the other two-thirds of the excess deaths coming from? Right. It's no, coming it's- from the government exterminating people to create the illusion of the epidemic. Mm. And the numbers sit there and they tell you right there, the numbers tell you exactly what. People can read it. 
They don't. Oh, no. oh, it took me a while. It took me a while to arrive at that. Let me tell you, it wasn't easy because they had the, the figures labeled in a very misleading, uh, misleading way. They didn't tell you what you needed to know. What you needed to know was how many excess deaths are there this week compared to last year. That was something you had to calculate yourself. And right. you had to understand what the relationships were in order to calculate that accurately. And then once you got that, you said, whoa, whoa, whoa. It says there's a 40% increase in deaths this week, but COVID deaths that week, only a third of it, or the other deaths. And the other deaths were basically the government exterminating people in order to give the illusion of an epidemic and attributing all those exterminations to COVID. But you won't uncover that unless you go at a week-by-week visual. The other thing that's being covered up by all of these killings is 2020 was scheduled to be a banner year for United States health. There was a drastic reduction in a lot of causes of death. For example, um, the doctors had been put on notice about the um, narcotics epidemic, and they had stopped prescribing narcotics. So the deaths of narcotics had plummeted. And coming into the so-called manufactured epidemic, the death rate for 2020 was two percentage points, two to three percentage points lower than prior years mm-hmm. because of that. Now, now we go into the epidemic, okay? In order to create the deaths, the government's got to exterminate people. Okay, so some unlucky people got killed. All right, put that aside. But everyone else, what happened was mothers were told, your children have to stay at home. They cannot leave the house um, for any reason, even doctor's visits. They might catch COVID at the doctor's office. Well, what that meant was kids under a year of age got no vaccinations. What happened? Their death rate has plummeted. Right. Yeah. But that's right. been covered up because they throw all the numbers together in, a, in, a, in the same pot. And, oh, we had uh, 6% excess deaths. Mm-hmm. What really happened was the deaths in the United States dropped by 2 to 3%. The government had to kill this 9% in order to create the epidemic. Mm. And so people talk about black lives matter, white lives matter, uh-uh, no lives matter. This, and it's pretty gruesome. But again, the American public is in this, this day. So, but anytime you say, okay, fine, this person is positive for the virus and, and ex- exclude any government custody. The person is not in government custody. You're not in prison. You're not in school. You're not in hospital. You're not in a nursing home. Mm-hmm. That's rate zero. Right. Exactly. If you're right. in, so the key thing here is not a mask or social distancing, but just stay out of government custody. <laughs> right. <laughs> just don't go into the hospital or anything. So how are they getting? Now the other thing no. though is is to not take any uh, drugs or injections. Right. So if you're right. not taking any drugs. No injections. You're not in government custody. You can hug and kiss whoever you want. Speaking of government custody, they started letting people out of prison because of COVID-19, exactly. which kind of contradicts the whole wear mask routine, because if a mask really works, why can't they stay in prison? Let them wear right. masks all the time. Exactly. You know, exactly. it doesn't make sense. So right. um, No, but who are they letting out? They're letting out only violent criminals to create chaos. Hmm. So this runs deep. This really runs Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like oh, this is, this is, if you're not ready for the truth, you just need to turn this, turn, turn off right now. Just, 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 just hit the button. Go back right. to sleep. 
and and you're you're exactly right because they had like they just in North Carolina where I am they made an order so called order you must wear a mask everywhere right so mm-hmm. I read the order then down at the bottom of the order it says law enforcement will not be enforcing this policy everybody's on the honor system so. You basically say you have some condition. They can't question No, 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 no. It's even worse than that. It's, you don't have to obey this. Right. You don't. <laughs> right? So yeah. basically the order is saying you don't have to obey it, right? Right. Correct. But what they have created was in the minds of the people, this is mandatory. So the people are arguing amongst each other about the mask. Oh, They're, no, 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 no. It's just one big obedience test. You don't get it. It has nothing to do with the mask. It has to do with, we want to find out which, all, which, one, which one of y'all is obedient. Mm-hmm. And those of you who wear the mask and who argue with other people about the mask, you're obedient. Mm-hmm. Now, obedience does not always have its rewards. So that obedient person could be targeted for extermination. Because their family is not going to suspect the government killed them. Oh, is that COVID? Mm-hmm. If that other person had been wearing a mask near them, uh-huh, they'd be alive today. So don't think that because you're obedient, you're going to be safe. No, that's not the way hard. it works. Yeah. Because you're yeah. less resistant to whatever they're planning. No, 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 no. It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. They do not reward obedience. Mm-hmm. That's the point. So, yeah, all obedience means it's like a pawn, like, like a being a pawn on a chessboard. You don't reward that pawn for being obedient. No, you move it into harm's way so it can be devoured and you can save more important pieces. Right. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's getting to the point where you're like, okay, I got to go to the store and fight with these people about wearing a mask. So I, I think I'm going to just order my stuff to my door. <laughs> So I have to deal with the best. Um, you can by that, but you're falling into the, the next trap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, these people have been planning this for decades. They've, they've, they've thought about you. Right. So ordering stuff to your door has a, quite a few uh, effects. First of all, now they know where you are. There is no question where you are. Right. They have got, you know, zero, you know, a target right there. That's right. one thing. The other thing is you are now extending and making more fragile your supply chain. Right, okay. So at yeah. any point, at any point, the government can say, Bam, no more deliveries, and, you know, that's it, you're done. Right, and you forced, so, yeah, you're right. So what they've done is they've appeased you to get you from looking to the real solution. Don't wear the mask. In, in no, well, don't wear the mask, but that's not, that's a, doesn't solve the real problem. The real problem is they are setting you up for starvation. They are cutting the food supply chain in the United States that no one who is relying on a grocery store or even delivery will get any food. Right. So that's the real problem. And again, they've got you distracted. Okay, they didn't distract you by the virus. They didn't distract you by the Floyd thing. Now they're distracting you with the mask thing. Mm-hmm. So what do people need to do right now? Consider- you need to get a pile of dirt, bring it in the living room, and start growing your food. <laughs> <laughs> And if you you like meat, then start some chickens in the basement. Uh, Or some people say, oh, you need to make a relationship with a farmer. That's nice. That's nice. But what I'm finding with the people I'm working with who have had relations with the farmers is the government is disrupting those relationships. It's taking out those small farmers who are delivering meat directly to people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I, got to 
local farmer that sends me emails, he's constantly sending emails about issues. So I know that's probably because of interference from the government or something. Um, so basically, you need to become self-sufficient. That's really what you're saying. At least self-sufficient. And I always say to anyone, you need to develop some type of skill that other people will find valuable so that they will, so that you can collectively uh, assist each other. Right. You know, maybe you know how to fix stuff. Maybe you know how to grow stuff. Maybe you know how to um, make people beautiful. Maybe you know how to, you know, uh, make condiments from scratch. I don't know. Whatever it is, your skill is, you need to uh, develop it um, so that people who have skills you're missing will include you in their skill circle and you guys can look after each other. Right. So build a, a relationship with people. Of yeah, relationships plural, right. right. Or even unlike mind, just uh, <laughs> realize this is without the wire here. This is, this is beyond, you know, what your mind is like or what my mind is like. It's like, okay, you got your stuff. You got your beliefs. I got my beliefs, but guess what? I have this skill. You have that skill. Can we get along? It's, right. it's down to that right now. <laughs> so by your estimation, what are we looking at as far as a full food September. Process? September. September. Yeah, September. Yeah. I, I suspect the same thing. Because right now, people are buying houses, you know, moving north to go south to try to escape New York's issues. And they're just buying. At least. That, no, that's a very good strategy. Um, I would say definitely take a look at all the states that have had the riots and have had the um, outbreaks, so to speak. And those are the states that are controlled by the deep state because the riots were manufactured as were uh, the deaths. And so if you uh, can find a state that has neither one of those two going on, then that is definitely a better place to be for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, North Carolina had some not as bad as others. South Carolina had some not as bad as others. Um, well, you can even drill down on it. Like, what city was the riot in? Okay, don't go live in that city. Right, stay away from that city. Okay. Right. Um, so, all of this is manufactured, we know. I, I'm aware right. of all of that. Right, right. So, what do people do? Where do I go? You look at states to move. But you still need basic necessities like your toilet paper. You need no, 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 no. Oh, oh, <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> okay. You need a squirt bottle and maybe a, maybe a, a nice little rag or something to wipe yourself with. <laughs> People have got cool. to get creative. You have got right, to get right. creative. I stopped using toilet paper. I want to say hmm, uh, at least two years ago. At least okay. two years ago. So I have a bidet, and the bidet attaches to the toilet, and it works on just regular water pressure and electricity needed. And you just hit the little button, and bam, spray wash your mum, and it has uh, got to be at least 10 times more effective than toilet paper. And then you just wipe uh, the, the wet stuff off, and if you want to go the deluxe route, uh, smear on some talcum powder, and my God, you've never felt any better. But you've got to find solutions totally different from what they're offering you. Right. Toilet paper, okay, what's the substitute? And, and just, just eliminate that because here's the deal. I had people in my medical practice back in the 90s. This lady had a vaginal irritation, a vaginal itch, it hurt when she peed, and man, she was just sick and tired of letting her husband off the hook because this was bad and he needed to you know, fix his game because 
She was faithful, and therefore he was the problem. Well, turn out the toilet paper was the problem. Mm. What I'm trying to say, I don't want you to get overly paranoid, but anything that you are purchasing from, uh, we'll call it the grid, or from a centralized locale, can be contaminated, poisoned, and damage you. And it will. Okay. So, speaking of that, well, since you brought that up, are you saying that a lot of these things that they're determining that's an STD can most likely come from another source other than... Yes, absolutely, 100%. Absolutely. So, it comes from either, one, your malnutrition, or two, your chemical exposure. It is most likely not your partner. I mean, there's this very, 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 very small case <laughs> where it might be your partner. And even those cases where it is your partner, in those cases, um, like, uh, I think, uh, oh, is, is this, I think a trichomonas is the name of it. No, it's a different, a different um, sexy transmitted disease. But it is def- a definite parasite. It can be isolated, seen under the microscope. And, but if you don't treat it, it goes away in 21 days. You're talking about trichomonas. Uh, I think uh, the right name. I don't think that's the name, that, uh, another name of it. Is that chlamydia? Is that what oh, I think it is trichomonas. It's not chlamydia. It's trichomonas. Tr- it's trichomonas. Tr- yeah, okay. trichomonas. So without treatment, it's gone in 21 days. Okay. With treatment, it's gone in 21 days. It's so still, it's necessary, basically. You just need to right. So the, the the medical district complex does not have a superior solution to your problem, whatever your problem may be. So you talking about all STDs across the board: syphilis, gonorrhea. Syphilis. Uh, what's yep. the other? Well, we just mentioned two others. Well, even AIDS. AIDS. Herpes. Right. Yeah, all of them. Yeah. Is, is AIDS a thing? Is it real? You know, I've heard. No, 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 no. It's just like COVID. It's okay. a marker. It's a marker protein that they're looking for indirectly, and it does not in any way indicate present, past, or future disease. Okay. Yeah. So that's cut with, with with AIDS. The propaganda they did on it in the eighties, nineties. Oh yeah, they got people being celibate, using condoms. I was celibate for ten years. I believed it. I I, I was a true believer. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh no no, dude, you ain't giving me that AIDS off. No. <laughs> I'm like, excuse me, I have a life. I got stuff to do. <laughs> wow. But while I was celibate for those ten years. I had three kids by artificial insemination. So I'm like, I will not be sterilized. Right. Which is really what the agenda was to get people to impose uh, birth control and self-sterilization. Wow. Okay. So. And the social distancing is another thing. How are you going to have sex five feet apart? Right. That's what's happening now. You know, yeah. I've I've come across people. Well, the first thing I want to ask you: How are you dealing with this? Are you wearing a mask? They want to interview your uh, sanitary conditions before they talk to you. I've I've seen that go on. I said, We well, need to just you just need to just just be. Uh, I'm up front. I'll tell a guy. I said I don't use condoms. You want to use condoms? That's your business. You figure it out. <laughs> I, said, I ain't buying a condom. I ain't putting it on. I got no opinion, no involvement there. You make up your own mind. So are now are condoms dangerous to to use? Um, you know, yeah, they they people have allergic reactions to them. The government is authorizing chemical after chemicals they put into them, and some of the chemicals are associated with sterility. I mean, it's just one thing after another. 
If I okay, so basically, I'm, I agree with you. I'm just doing this for the audience. Because um, when I tell people this, oh, you're not a doctor. You don't know what you're talking about. When I right. say all of this stuff is just at what you call marketing to sell medication, you know, to get you. Well, to- now wait a minute. No, I mean the the, the guy selling you the medication is actually just the intermediary. Right. What really is happening is you're being delivered to government control. You're allowing the government to tell you how to live your personal life. Only through the fantasy of AIDS can we have a court case saying one, sex per- one person gave another sex person another partner and a disease, and then the government can codify into law sexual obligations and behavior between two people. Mm. So I can't, if I, even if I say to you, hey, you know what, I am not a condom girl, and I don't think you need to be wearing a condom. Um, in your mind, it's like, uh huh, yeah, something happened, and you get, a, we break up, and you don't take me to court, and the, I know the law is I have to wear a condom, so I'm not taking any chances. So you have this whole thing where now you brought the government into the bedroom, right? Right. And that was the whole goal. Again, they got you distracted. You're distracted. You're looking at the condom. You're looking at the drug company. But I'm, no, 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 no. All these fears before you even enter into. All it is is about the government coming into your bedroom, and now you have a, a, a three-way relationship here. Right. Right. Yeah, which is no relationship at all. No, it's not. Um, most uh, what you're saying, a lot of women would be like, "What is that? I got to protect myself." Uh, so oh, no, you protect yourself. I'll tell you how you protect yourself. You tell this guy, look, I got some brothers. You mess with me, they're going to mess with you. Now, let's have a good time. (laughs) So what about unwanted pregnancies? How do you get around that? No condom. What's an unwanted pregnancy? Let's get get down to that. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So we at Blacks have accepted this brainwashing. I'll tell you, civil rights movement, cancel it, cancel it, cancel it. Okay. So the civil rights when blacks believe that they control their reproduction, that they would be wealthy. Right. If you control your reproduction, then you can have a career, you can earn money, blah, 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 blah. But man, you have a teenage pregnancy, you get pregnant as a teenager, it's over. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, fine. So it turns out that's totally false. Totally false. The best thing you can do for your economic future is to have your kids, all of them, before age 25. Have six kids before age 25. Now, what's that going to do? It's going to do a lot of things. First of all, you're going to get your childbearing out of the way. And then you're going to be able to re-enter the workforce at a time when your youngest kid is going to be, say, 10 years old and can look after the other ones. Mm-hmm. And you're going to become a grandparent at latest by the time you're 40. Right. right. And then now you're going to have a a collection of people, let's say 20 people, who can support you in your old age, one or two of them is going to step forward. Right. (laughs) So if we look at my grandparents, they had uh, no prenatal care, all kids at home. Okay. Um, 12 pregnancies, two stillbirths, 10 live births. Mm -hmm. Of those 10 live births, those kids, it was like a tag team, took care of my grandparents until they died no need of social security no need of any nursing home no need of any tax subsidies nothing Mm. and the land that the the grandparents had purchased appreciate 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 in values and so it was classified as farmland the taxes were not too bad and also 
those folks, they couldn't pay the taxes. So there was always a kid that stepped in and paid the taxes and whatever. And ultimately, they sold the, the land for millions of dollars. Okay, there's a success story. Obviously, no birth control. All right. Okay, the next generation, look at my parents. They um, had six children. And um, they, they were uh, college dropouts. Both of them were college dropouts. And they ended up owning their own home, no mortgage, um, having no problem whatever, feeding, clothing, housing, six kids. We all went to college. We all, everyone wanted to go to college, went to college. And they, my father died at 55 of cancer. So we'll call that a failure because his parents both lived to be 100. So he had this modern lifestyle. Basically, he drank tap water and the poison was in the water, so to speak. But so they believed, so they did not believe any of the crap until civil rights. And then, boom, my parents just like someone hit a switch. <laughs> All of a sudden, the government was our friend. But um, the next generation after them, you know, I put off my child rearing or child bearing until I was 30 years old. Mm-hmm. My mother only had one kid after 30. I had all three of mine um, after 30. But what happened? That time from age 15 to 30, that's 15 years. Mm-hmm. I could have been feeding those kids, taking care of those kids, providing for those kids. And from 30 to, uh, or, or at least from 40 to, six, 40, 40 to 60, I could be helping those kids get established in life with their careers. Now, because I waited so long to have them and we are so far out of phase, there is no economic synergy. Right. Not only that, they're not going to have grandkids either at all or in my lifetime where I can be a supportive grandmother. So for me, being a grandmother at 40, I have a lot more time, a lot more energy, um, and a lot more interest in common. I can really do a lot in terms of being active and contributing to their life. And then also, by the time I was 60, I would have great grandkids. So now I have three layers of help. So my mother, she has two layers of help, her kids and her grandkids. And so literally, it's a tag team. There's always a grandkid or a kid that's checking on her and helping her, and she's 88, 89, living in her own home. She'll never need a nursing home. Right. So in my case, I'm 63, I have three kids, mm-hmm. all of them still struggling to establish themselves, Word. none of them having any grandkids. So 20 years from now, what am I going to have? I'm going to have three fifth childless 50-year-olds mm-hmm. who can barely handle their own crap Word. and no grandkids. And a government that wants to give me Social Security, mm-hmm. not enough to live on, and Medicare, to kill me quick. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a good, you know what? You make a great point because when I look back at my family, it's pretty much the same. Yeah. You know, where it was less government dependence, there was, we did better. Yes. Government dependence, we did worse. Exactly. Uh-huh. Well, my kids, by the way, they're still paying off their educational debt. I don't have a single one of them. That's free of educational debt. Mm. 
But my parents, college dropouts that they were, they started life debt free. Mm-hmm. Debt free, and they were able to have and raise these kids. So if you take the $200,000 that you're giving this kid or taking from the family fortune to put him through college, you take a $200,000 and you finance him getting started in life with his teenage pregnant girlfriend, mm-hmm. you're going to get a much better economic outcome when he's 30 than had you sent him to college. Mm. He's, he's learning the process of managing life. Correct. Right. You know, because you're not going to learn that in college. College just gives you a bunch of courses. Just no, that to... you're gonna you're gonna you've got the sec- the next generation, the mm-hmm. grandkid generation. Right. And you've been able to of the two hundred thousand, you're not going to hand it to them. You're going to spend a little bit to feed the kids and uh, buy diapers or whatever. You're gonna you know he's going to have respect for the money to husband it because he's like oh, I don't want to run out. I got to figure out. He's going to say I got to figure out how to earn some money from from mom. Money runs out. It's going to run out. So you have a whole different mentality. Well, basically, going to college kind of sets you up to be not responsible. And poor. And poor. <laughs> all my kids, like I said, they all have, I told them all, do not go to college. Don't go to college. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. And so they've all gone to college and failed to get any kind of skill at college that could pay the college debt. Now, my one is financially most successful is successful but using a skill he developed himself in high school. Right. Well, uh, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't finish school. I dropped out around tenth grade. I'm eleven. Took the GED. But everything that's caused me to be successful is not something I could get out of a college. You know, I. Well, I, I could get. You didn't get. You didn't go. <laughs> I didn't, Let's yeah, be clear. I, Let's know, be clear. I'm doing that. <laughs> You didn't go, so whatever you got, you didn't get there. Yeah, I have a, I, I, I'm a licensed registered barber, so I can cut hair um, since 1995. But that was after getting fired from a job where I could never go back and work again. Um, and they did you a favor. I got fired from a job where I could really never go back and work again. They, I could never go back to work for, uh, it was Walmart. And now, yeah. and well, that's not really a career job, but. Actually, I was going to be in loss prevention. They was moving me up into management, and I just, they fired me. And I wasn't even at work for the reason why they fired me. I won't go into all of that. But I actually went back to the store, the one where I got fired, and thanked the manager for firing me. I said, because right. they never fired me, I would not have. A year later, I had my own barbershop running my own business. Right. One year later, after that. Right. Uh, and now, you know, I've owned several businesses in between that time exactly Um, and i've done things that you know if if we had a collapse but i think that's the message we need to send to the listeners is that is what they need to do now they need to put all the all the nonsense aside and say okay fine what can i do that's of use to another human being let me do it let Mm -hmm. me attract those human beings who value that who value me and let's look after each other right yeah, now, that's to... different from going and finding people that you can unite with. Uh-uh-uh-uh. No, 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 no. You've got to be in your space doing something well, whatever it is. And then you're going to attract people who say, wow, I value that. I don't have that. What can I do for you, give you, or provide for you so that I can benefit from that? And those are the bonds you want to um, 
form, and those bonds are not ideology bonds. So a lot of people try and form bonds on based on ideology. Oh, right. wrong. Don't do it. Some people try and, and uh, make bonds based on uh, same color. Mm-mm, don't do it. What you want to do is someone has decided that they need something that you have in order to survive, and you're providing that something, whatever it is. I'll, example I'll give you is my, me and my husband. Totally different. Okay, so he was a white motorcycle riding, gun toting, redneck Republican. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, you know, black, peacenik, urban. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we were totally different in every way. There was absolutely nothing we agreed on. The only thing we agreed on is I thought he was just a really great guy and really nice. And he thought I was a really great, great gal, and he would do anything for me. That was it. That's all we agreed on. But that's all you have to agree on. Right. So all of this, we need to be of one mind stuff in a relationship. <laughs> that's why we. That's probably why we can't keep relationships going because we're trying to keep exactly it going. No, right. you try and make the other person remake them into you. Right. And once you remake them into you, if you're successful, you don't need them anymore because you already got you. Right. Right. Done. <laughs> I don't know anybody who's ever been that successful to do that. But. No, no, no. But the closer the person gets to being like you, the less attractive you are to them. Right. Yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah, it's like two North Poles with a magnet. And so if you can appreciate or understand the reason you're attracted to the person is because they're different, you can say to them, look, let me be clear. I'm not here to change you. I like you the way you are. Let's just go with that. And so with my husband, since we didn't agree on anything, whenever we had a life problem, it was just, okay, let me understand how you feel. You understand how I feel. We got that. Now, who's going to handle this? And so that one person handles it in any way they see fit, and the other person's like, I'm with you, I'm with you. (laughs) That's some great advice. (laughs) And I tell you, we got so much stuff done. And he would do stuff. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It worked out. <laughs> right. Whereas if I handle time, it, it does work out. It really does. There's stuff yeah. where I take a look at it. I'm like, you know, I got to walk away. I don't see how I can work this. Like, she's like, no, no, wait, wait, wait. I'm like, oh, my goodness. So, and, and vice versa. I would be, something would come up, and I'd say, oh, no, no, Gary, great. I, I, I can see how we can do it. He's like, really? I said, yeah, yeah, wait, wait, wait. And so, I would just plunge ahead and bam, it worked out. That was because I had a whole different set, a different skill set, different mm-hmm. life experiences. So I could see in a particular situation, a very clear, easy, quick solution. Whereas mm-hmm. he, in the same situation, would see absolutely no solution. It's, right. it's hopeless. It's based off his prior experiences. And his skill set. Mm-hmm. And again, another problem, I would look at my skill set and my history, and I would say, this is not hopeless, no way. And he'll say, wait, wait, hey, I got this. And boom. And so it turned out that together we were able to have a cosmically better life than mm-hmm. either one of us alone. Mm-hmm. And that formed an incredible bond. And people would, would they would, they would um, like he had a lifetime friend who came to visit us. And this friend was going to paint this picture, uh, you know, whatever. Actually, the tires in the back, yeah, I'll show you. Yeah, he painted the tigers in the back there, see? Oh, the tigers, okay. Yeah, he painted the tigers. So you can imagine there's a lot of brushstrokes involved there. Right. Each brushstroke being a decision. 
And so he decided he was going to get me and Gary together to sit down and talk about the concept for this picture and what it was going to look like. And uh, every question he asked, Gary would say yes, and I would say no, or vice versa. And he's like, I, 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 I can't paint this. And so Gary and I looked at each other, and Gary looked at his friend and said, well, she's, she's deciding whatever she wants. And Gary got up and walked out. And so his friend says, well, I, I can't paint a picture like this. I've never, this. I've never had this experience. I've always just got the couples together, and they agree on everything. I said, we do agree. We agree that I'm, I'm deciding. Right. <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah, and he was like totally blown away. He's like, I in his mind, I had just emasculated his friend. No, no because other designs, was, yeah. his friend yeah. made all the decisions, but he didn't understand that was the way we roll. And mm. so, and also, I knew Gary well enough where I would make like out of a hundred decisions, I would make ninety nine of them, and one of them I say, oh wait, let me check because I'm not sure what Gary wants on this, and I would only check with Gary when it was a situation where I absolutely did not care whether he said yes or no. Mm-hmm. And then he would, whatever he said, I went with it. And so uh, that puzzled his friend as well. That's another thing about people and their relationships is they will actually ask their spouse his opinion on something that matters. Mm-hmm. That is the worst thing you could ever do. Mm-hmm. If something really matters to you, you don't ask your spouse, you tell them. You say, look, this is the way it's going to be in this particular area spectrum, what preference do you have outside of this particular box? Mm-hmm. And then your spouse, let's say with a guy, he'll say, oh, well, outside of this particular box. And he'll tell you everything else he wants. He's like, great. You can have all that 90% you want. This 10% is just as I said, and we're going to go with it. And that way there's nothing to argue about because everything that's important to you, you don't leave it open for discussion. Mm-hmm. But we've been trained to sabotage ourselves by saying, well, I'm going to discuss this with him, and if he really loves me, he'll agree with me. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. If it's important to you, decide, and that's it. And then you let him decide all the other stuff. And that way, you never, ever have an argument, and you're always happy, and he's happy too. I mean, you got to a point in our marriage, and my husband says, oh, my God, I feel so guilty. You let me make so many decisions. <laughs> how could I ever, how could I ever make up for everything I owe you. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I was very clear and very careful to only have him make decisions when it didn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. But then I had the responsibility of deciding what mattered to me and what didn't. And it turned out, as with most people, 80% of whatever's going on doesn't really matter to you. Right. The 20% does. But if you focus on him having to agree on the 20%, then you're always going to be fighting. So that 20%, you say, honey, this is the way it is. But let's look at this 80% over here. What, what, what do you think? What do you think there? Like, okay, you will do it this way uh, and that way. Yeah, we'll do it that way. And this one? Okay, of course, honey. And there? Yes, of course. And how would you like that? Oh, okay. All right, we'll do all this just the way you want it. And then he's like, oh, man. She's just getting that 20%. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know what? What you're describing proves a point that I've been trying to make. And Women control the temple of the relationship. And no, no, men do it. Men do as well. Because when I first met Gary, I had no experience, competent experience with relationships, because right, right. I had violated everything. Everything I just told you, my relationships were always very frustrating. Right. And so uh, Gary would say something, and I would take my female posture of, 
I guess I have to do this, and if I don't do this, and that's the end of the relationship. And so he realized that this is what was going on in my mind. He said, whoa, 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 stop, stop, stop. No, it's okay. What do you want? I'll do it the way you want. So he had to actually walk me through understanding that he actually cared about what I wanted. And wow. I would engage him in meaningless discussions like, well, honey, what do you want for dinner? Which is like the worst thing you can ask any guy, right? Because he doesn't care. Put on the plate and eat it. I had no idea. I had no idea. So, so finally, I'm sitting here having this conversation with him, and he's getting more and more frustrated, and he doesn't even understand it. He just, he's getting, and finally, he just bursts out, honey, I want what you want me to have. Right. <laughs> we don't care. As long as Eat and that's the right, and I then I said, that. For me, that, that was a huge revelation because I put so much energy into picking out what right. to cook and cooking it just so and making sure it tasted good and all this stuff. And he's like, No, no, I want you to have, I want to have what you want me to have. Good done. And then he said, Look, I buy all the food, whatever you tell me to buy, I buy all that, right. You cook whatever you want me to have, and I eat what you want me to have. Right. I said, oh, wow, that's really interesting. He had to explain this to me. Right. If he had not explained that to me, then our relationship would have been just filled with all kinds of just maddening frustration. Right. With me feeling unappreciated, oh, honey, I cooked this, and blah, blah, blah. No. So that took a lot of you... uh especially in the society that we live in here in this Western culture, just listening to what he had to say. Oh, oh, well, okay. You pointed that out. I had to basically lose everything, everything economically, everything, and then leave my country, land in a foreign land and say, okay, all prior rules have now been suspended. That's pretty much, yeah. And so when he showed up with with these suggestions, I said, you know what? Sounds crazy to me. Let's go with it. Mm -hmm. And he was happy as a clam, and I was happy. I was like, wow. And we just got happier and happier every day. But for me, on U.S. soil, that would not have been possible because I would have had too much pressure from my girlfriends, from my family, everyone, to upset the apple cart. Because what he wanted... What he really wanted, what was so important to him, was a very small spot. It wasn't much. Right. <laughs> Most men only want that much. That's all we want. It's and so like all that. the rest, but the thing is, all the rest wasn't important to him. So he was like, all the rest, honey, anything you want, however you want it, is fine with me. And so people would look at our relationship and they would feel that he was a bad man because he didn't have me under control. And I was a bad woman because I wasn't bossing him around. I wasn't pulling out the corporate uh, government rule book. Right. And he made it clear. He said, honey, you, you see this apartment we're in? I said, yep. He said, in these four walls, it's you and me, no one else. Mm-hmm. We make the rules. Whatever the rules are, we make the rules. We don't care about what anyone else says. I'm like, wow, that's pretty good. But most women are very fearful of that because they think the guy is going to bully them and not allow them input into the rulemaking they feel like they need that to know that the that the government is the government the doctor 
the police just around the corner. I can pull them in on my side to even up the power, the power thing. But when you realize when you're dealing with a real man, mm-hmm. that is not ever necessary. He is the government, the police, all in one. And he will bring all that force to bear to make sure your wishes are honored. Right. And as for the doctor piece, the doctor has actually usurped the role of women in the home, which is the role of healing, the role of advising, the role of spiritual assurance. Mm-hmm. And so what's happened is all of the male responsibilities and female responsibilities have been outsourced outside the household. And so that means that these two people who are trying to have a relationship have really nothing to bring to the relationship. Everyone comes empty handed, which means there's no glue to hold it together. But here we were, both of us in a foreign country. So I was his healer and that was all there was to it. He he had insurance. Yeah. But it, it was no good outside the United States. Right. So I was his healer and he was my uh, defender and protector. And that was that was it. With that, those those two, we were just uh, you know linked together, and everything went really well. I never let him down. He never let me down. Right. So, so to, just to be more specific, defining the role of a man and a woman in a relationship. What is that? You just said it. You know, he's the protector, defender, and the woman is the healer. Oh. The healer and the spiritual uh, support. Right. So she, you know, fuels or feeds the fire of of not only love, but it's even bigger than that, of love, of creation, of acceptance. Mm-hmm. So she creates that total, complete acceptance, which for him is a, like a safe space. Right. So he knows that with her, he is always okay. He's always accepted. And if if he's getting some criticism, it's not coming from that. He doesn't have to defend that particular frontier. He can always, she has his back. He can always turn his back to her. Right, right. And so she's not going to spiritually, you know, tear him down or condemn him or blame him or whatever. And that is, that doesn't mean you can't ever voice dissatisfaction with with something. You can say, well, honey, I had hoped this counter might be two feet uh, longer that you built. (laughs) Right, right. right. So you can say, oh, no worries. We'll put a hinge here and there, a piece of wood. You can flip it up and down. I said, okay, thanks, honey. Good, solved, problem solved. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yes, you can give, uh, you know, input or, uh, or, or whatever. But one thing... I guess that's really it is you need to really heap on the praise, focus on the positive, focus on what the person's doing that you like. And at the same time, feel free that whenever things are, you know, crossed your line, just leave, pack your bags and leave. He'll find somebody else and you can find somebody else. (laughs) And so instead what's happened is in the United States, we have this concept of divorce where you get the courts involved, you get the government involved, blah, 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 blah. And marriage never ends because you got the divorce settlement, right? That's got to be enforced. So um, people have become chattel, the, uh, and they call it um, child support. You know, child need any support past age six. Put that kid to work. 
So now you got a situation where you're raising the whole generation of idiots. They created slaves for the children. That's what they did. Yeah. Yeah. The children become a lead weight on the family. They Mm -hmm. become useless individuals and bums. Bums. Says tools for revenge in the relationship. No, no. Skip that. Let's skip ahead to their adult life. This ruins their adult life. That's the real goal. The real goal is to create a childhood that ruins this human being's adult life and creates an individual that becomes totally dependent on the government for the rules for everything. Mm. That is that deep. And it, interestingly enough, the child support laws, uh, the, one of the sections is 666. <laughs> 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 Which I don't up, right? Right? But you have uh, really enlightened, well, I kind of agree, knew all of this, but you took it to a deeper level of, uh, I think people will really appreciate what you said because the things you're saying, because that's the issue. A lot of people just don't know how to be in a relationship with each other. But it's been set up that that way. It's been set up that way. You know? Right. Yeah. Man, it's, uh, that, this was a, one of our best conversations. You might be getting some uh, marriage proposals with that type oh, of, of marriage. <laughs> <laughs> well, or a lifetime single. partner proposals. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey. I'm telling you, okay, lifetime partner proposals. Well, there's some pretty big shoes to fill, but hey, you know, hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, because really, from a man's perspective, our needs are very small everything else right but again the problem is the men are not you know if if you have a powerful woman you gotta you you gotta come with serious protection right Right. you have to come with you know you you gotta be serious about that you gotta be serious about the protection and what her what those basic needs are and if you don't then it's not gonna work like i tell guys look you know with what you're bringing to the table i appreciate that that's great but i need four of you Okay. You know, we need, we need, you, know, you can't be the only one if that's all you're bringing. Okay. I know you got two minutes. All right. Uh, once again, tell them what you have, your website, and most importantly, how they can get your products. VitalityCapsules.com is the website, VitalityCapsules.com. Um, products are Vitality Capsules Regular, Vitality Capsules Extra Strength. Um, there are appointments uh, available where I one-on-one counsel people. And I also have a membership uh, program where I advise people and help them understand how to care for themselves and their family. So they never need health insurance, emergency room, doctors, any of that stuff. Trust me, people, I use it all the time and it saves my life. Literally. Uh, From worrying about having to go to a doctor every now and then I get, Oh, maybe, but then I take your advice, it works out. All right, once again, always a pleasure, Dr. Daniels. And uh, this conversation today was very enlightening. I really appreciate you. Okay, you're welcome. Bye-bye. All right, bye. Have a good one.